It is the Super Clash Podcast, a podcast about shorter games. It is episode 80. I'm your host, Kale. And I am Connor. And Connor, welcome back. It's good to be back in the um, the studio, I guess. Yeah. It's the final game of the year podcast. Yeah. In 2023. Happy yeah. New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah. Uh, we took a pretty long break just because of, if, if you guys didn't listen to the quick update that we put out of just... Bad weather, sicknesses, holidays, just a whole bunch of stuff going on. And we we just couldn't squeeze in time to do this episode. We were hoping to have this episode out before the beginning of 2023, but it just couldn't work out. 100% my main. But during your break, Connor, uh, how are you? <laughs> I'm okay. I'm doing all right. I wish the break was longer, but yeah, uh, it's even though we kind of we saw each other like six times during the break, but you know that's probably five times too many. But off, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was kind of a good break for me. Uh, my wife and I we kind of took a took like a break from looking at houses because we were getting a little bit fatigued. But sometime this week we're gonna we're gonna kind of pick it back up again and really start looking it's probably a good time to start now that it's the start of the year new stuff's yeah. probably being posted a lot of, yeah a lot of a lot of the big holidays are out of the way and uh and it's, it's also been kind of nice to just play games that i've been wanting to play yeah it's been like a really nice load off so which i've played some games that i actually want to talk about i'll just go ahead and just say it uh i beat god of war nice. god of war ragnarok and I liked it. It was very good. Uh, incredible, actually. It was probably just a little bit too long for me. Mm. Like, I, I understand. I got my money's worth. I, I got I paid 70 bucks for it. I got my money's worth. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm just so used used to playing these shorter games for the show that it's you get very fatigued mm-hmm. with it. So, but overall, like, it is a really good game. And by far, some of the, one of the best games I played this year. Nice. So little, little hint, hint. Hint, hint. I've also been playing uh, Need for Speed Unbound, which you mm-hmm. said that the reviews said it as one of the best Need for Speed games since, like, Hot Pursuit or, or something. Yeah, yeah. And my brother-in-law, Daniel, really enjoyed it or enjoys it. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll check it out. So I picked it up, and yeah. It it is fun. That playing the game is a lot of fun. I have two problems with it though, and shockingly enough, it's not because of EA. I guess kind of because of EA. <laughs> One, there seems to be an issue with the PlayStation Five, where it has me sign in to my EA account, like all EA games uh, do. But it asked me to reset my passwords, which I did. All of a sudden, I get like an SSL error. The screen turns white saying something went wrong, mm. and I cannot play the game. I have to go to my settings on my PlayStation, turn off the internet connection, and then I can play. Weird. And then as a result, I can't get any trophies. Like I completed the prologue, and there's a trophy for completing the prologue, but I didn't get that trophy unlocked. That's strange. So there... and. It seems to be an issue with the PS5 because I got on the subreddit. I saw a whole bunch of pictures with the same problem I have. So hopefully they can put in a patch, but it's EA, so who knows? Yeah. Ugh. Um, another problem I have is within the game itself, the dialogue in the campaign fucking gives me cancer. <laughs> it is so bad. It's like, hello, fellow kids type type of dialogue it's like it's like if gen zers or sorry uh gen x people were trying to write to appeal to gen z mm-hmm. and it is horrible like it's by far some of the worst dialogue i've heard in a game yeah i think there's been quite a few need for speeds with some cringy dialogue and it's like and i i, I get that's like the the story is not the point of need for speed but Come on, I can write bo- better dialogue than that. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> it's bad, but it's fun. Like that sounds good. Like I've been I've been repping a 1969 Ford Mustang nice. Boss 302 and I uh just upgraded it to a 5-speed. Wow. Yeah. Nice. I, and it's a lot of fun. I'm trying to work up some money so I can drop a, a new engine in it and uh 
other car stuff that that I'm not familiar with. I'm not a car guy, so that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> you know, car stuff. <laughs> yeah, you just put the part and it go vroom vroom and yeah. you're done. You know. Hey, as, and as long as I can um, uh, drift and win races, that's all that really matters. And I do like the aesthetic of it. Like I like the realistic um, look of it, but like the smoke is like cell shaded, and the characters are cell shaded. There seems to be a lot of hate for that going around, but I personally like it. Hey, if it's fun, it's fun. Like I don't, I don't understand this hate for cell shaded. People just associate it with like I don't know, like childlike or whatever. People, they, people hated it back when Wind Waker came out, you know, and also Game Borderlands. Cube. Yeah, yeah. I know people... I, I'll even admit that when Borderlands first came out, I was leery about it until I actually played it. You know? Honestly, like, I'll, I'll defend Cell Shaded because, one, it makes the game have its own identity. Yeah. And, two, it I think it ages a game slower. Yeah. It's so. just, it becomes a little more timeless that way. Cause mm-hmm. it's, it, it's a style, whereas, you know, just having something that's high fidelity for the time five years down the road may not be exactly impressive like like, do you remember the first gears of war playing that in 2006 i was like oh my god there's no way these graphics can get any better yeah and now you look at it's like huh well it still looks okay but yeah exactly but what about you connor what have you been playing uh well i've beaten two games and i've gotten about three-fourths of the way through another since we've last been on here did i mention there might be an extra one did i mention that i beat trigger witch on a podcast i don't think you have okay so i beat trigger witch i'll say that one first then uh it's a phenomenal game it's very gory but also cute at the same time oh it's, it's so much fun i haven't had a chance to, to play it some more because of the other games but man I don't think you'll expect the plot twist that's coming. That's for certain. Um, I gotta play some tonight. The story is really wild and entertaining, and it's it's a lot of fun. So if you like top-down, um, twin-stick shooter-style games, I'm raising my hand over here. You'll you'll definitely enjoy this one. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one I played was uh, School Days, the visual novel. Oh God. Oh, no. So I watched the anime because I'm a glutton for punishment, and it was pretty fucked, as you would expect. And so I'm like, you know, I've watched the anime. I have to play the visual novel now. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten maybe half of the endings so far. And it seems like no matter what you do, a majority of the endings have your character still being a piece of shit. <laughs> um if anybody's unfamiliar with the the anime or the uh, visual novel, it takes place in a high school, and it's basically there's a love triangle that occurs. Your main character has a crush on one girl. He starts dating that one. Meanwhile, the girl that's setting you up with this also has a thing for you, and you can choose to pursue either of them. In most, if not all instances, you never break up with the first girl. Mm. So hence why your character's kind of a piece of shit. And in some of the instances, you can just sleep around the entire school <laughs> and act like a piece of shit. Fuck. Um, there's some really dark endings that involve death um, and some dismemberment. Mm. So, yeah, if you're into that weird kind of dark... Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, like a dark love trial triangle thing. You you might be interested in it. It's pretty weird. Um, and then the last one I played and beat was Yes, Your Grace on the I Switch. I mentioned you talking about this uh, last night at dinner. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It is essentially a kingdom management game. You take the role of a king um, who has made some poor decisions in the past and those decisions are coming to bite you in the ass. Um, mm-hmm. It's not much of a spoiler to say because it happens right in the beginning. Um, there's a kingdom, not even a kingdom. It's it's a a group of barbarians that are like under one flag essentially, and they are coming to your kingdom because years ago, at threat of death, you were forced to promise your daughter to 
this barbarian leader guy mm-hmm. because he had his knife to yours and your wife's throats, basically. And so he's coming to this kingdom, and so you see it as a threat, an attack, and you have to gain allies to come get with you. And to get these allies, you have to make deals and do certain things. And if you do things for one group, they it may piss off another who won't be an ally to you anymore. Um, and there's a lot of betrayal. There's a lot of hard decisions to make. You know, do I help out these villagers or do I say, fuck off, you know, get your own help? Mm-hmm. And it's I failed a couple times for sure. Uh, first one, I ran out of money. The second one, my citizens revolted against me and killed me. My God. Um, <laughs> but I think the ending I got, while it wasn't perfect and bad things did happen, I think it was one of the better endings I could have got. Um, I lost one of my daughters in it, which kind of sucked. Mm. But I saved the rest of my family. So that's something, I suppose. But it's it's very interesting and if you like these decision-based games, I think you'll have a good time with it. Nice. Yeah. And then the last one I played that I have not finished yet, so I might talk more about it next time, is Bladed Fury, which is a side-scroll slice-em-up kind of game. Uh, very similar to games like Dust. and uh, Oh, yeah. It's a Chinese game uh so all the characters speak in chinese it's this kind of old um almost calligraphy art style which Hmm. is really cool and you you're accused of killing your father uh you're this princess who's been accused of killing her father when in reality you were trying to like save him from these demons and as you play further in the game you defeat these like spirit-based creatures and you get to summon their powers into the um, battlefield when you're playing the game. So, for example, there's one character that can summon, like, a black hole. So you can call on his ability and summon a black hole in which holds all the enemies in place and does damage to them while you hit them. Or -hmm. there's another who heals. So you can call her in, heal. Another who uh, puts spider webs all over the screen, which slows down all the enemies. You can do that. Um, So it's a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. I think you'd enjoy that one. Oh, yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. All right. So let, let's not beat around the bush any, any further. Let's just go ahead and dive right into our personal top 10 games that we played in 2022. Now, this is something different than the last two proper episodes that we made, that we made where we talked about the, the top 10 and bottom 10 games that we played for the show. Mm-hmm. This one specifically are the games that we played on our own that we enjoyed. And some of these games on the list are are games that we talked about on the show. So those are not excluded. Mm -hmm. So let's go ahead, Connor, and start with number 10. What is your number 10? Oh, I'm going first, huh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Number 10 for me was a tough one. I mentioned it before we started the cast that the bottom like three or four were really hard because a lot of them that I felt that I enjoyed a lot that could have taken this place but I had to think about it and it was a game I played earlier in the year World War Z Aftermath okay um I thought World War Z the game itself was really really fun it's one of the better uh squad based zombie games out yes. there it's a lot of fun to play in co-op yes. and while it doesn't particularly have much of an engaging story or anything like that it's just a lot of fun to play with friends. Mm-hmm. And I thought Aftermath was the uh, expansion to that. Uh, I thought it added a lot of cool enemy types, a lot of really cool levels with different mechanics. And it was ultimately a game that I enjoyed playing with my wife and my friends. And it was something that I could see myself continuing to play more of. So for me, it earns its place at that you know 10 mark. And... I don't know. what You played a little bit of it with me. What did oh, yeah. you think of that one? Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I really, I thought it was perfectly balanced with difficulty. Of course, the the hardest difficulty is exceedingly difficult. Oh yeah, but you don't have to play on that. No, you don't. 
Uh, and I liked how there's different classes and different classes have different abilities that can help you. And you can customize your weapons to the style you like. And it's especially from a small team, it is a surprisingly deep game. It's a way better zombie shooter than Back for Blood, it in is. my opinion. It, it is, which is kind of pathetic when you when you <laughs> think about how much money a Back for Blood was had. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Nice. What was your number 10? Uh, my number 10 is uh, SnowRunners. SnowRunner, okay. And and the reason why is that number 10, I try to think my of my bottom 10, or not bottom 10, or like the lower numbers in my top 10 games as games that I didn't have a chance to play much of mm-hmm. but still really really enjoyed it and snow runners definitely earned its place because it's a difficult game it takes a long time to start seeing results but the vibe that you get is so relaxing and the game is not as punishing as it seems to be you can easily reset your stuff you don't lose any money out of it really um it gets harder the further you get into the game mm-hmm. where the missions become longer. So if you're taking your your logs across an entire map and you lose them halfway across, it can get frustrating it and can. you know, anger inducing. But, but, but with friends it's better. Yeah, and you don't lose money out of it either. Mm-mm. And see, if if you were to lose money out of it, that's when I think I would be like, fuck this game. Yeah. So which which is really nice. And it's really one of those games where if I were to play it on, on my own, I would like uh, throw up Spotify on my PlayStation, turn down the music for SnowRunners, and just listen to a podcast. Yeah, it's a great game. And it, it would honestly have made my top 10 probably last year because I played a lot more of it last year. Yeah. Number 10 for me is SnowRunners. Nice. What's Very your good. number nine? Number nine, huh? Well, that one is Five Dates. Okay. I chose this one. I remember you talking about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Probably the beginning of last year uh, is when I played this one. And the reason I put this one on the list is Five Dates was a very unique game experience. Not only is it an FMV game, you know, where the characters are all real-life recordings Mm -hmm. of people, um, but it's a decision-based game on top of that that had some fairly engaging dialogue between the characters and i thought all the acting was done really well so it was a very unique game essentially you go on five dates with these different women um you're trapped in quarantine which made it even more interesting right um and you're going on these virtual dates with these women because there's nothing you can do you're locked in your your place basically and and just trying to wait out the end of the pandemic and so I thought it was a very fun game. I think it'll be an interesting time capsule to kind of go back and play in the future and be like, wow, right. do you remember when this happened, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Just I thought it was just a unique game that you don't really play a lot of games like this. And I tried to, right. for my list, I not only chose games that I found enjoyable, but I thought were unique experiences. Nice. Yeah. Cool. What about you, man? Uh, my number nine would be. Let me check my phone. Don't do it. Sniper Elite Five. Okay. Yeah. I Again, can see that. This, this is the game that we that we talked about playing the other night at the time of this recording. Um, it, I really enjoy the Sniper Elite games, and I want to complete this game at some point. What makes this game in my number nine is. They they seem to have their uh, their stick down with these games where they don't really care about historical accuracy or anything. It's like let's just make a a fun sniper game with semi realistic ballistics, mm-hmm. depending on your difficulty, and the, just kill Nazis. Yeah, who gives a shit? Kill I mean, Nazis. That's that's the fun and, of it. And they they and they expand on that on that fun by for one making the kills as gory as possible with the x-ray mode with you can shoot off their balls you can collapse their lungs you can hit their grenades Mm -hmm. and everything what makes this what made this game so much fun as well 
is because they threw out historical accuracy, you could have suppressors on it and be super stealthy. Mm-hmm. They they added X-ray kills for melee attacks and 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 other like standardized weapons or standard weapons. And this is the first game, to my knowledge, I'm not sure if four had this, to where they treated suppressors realistically. For those who don't know, suppressors don't don't have that Hollywood sound. Mm-hmm. Suppressors are still loud. Suppressors can still cause hearing damage, just not as much hearing damage as unsuppressed weapons. To where, if we were sitting here talking and Connor's neighbor shoots a suppressed pistol, we could still hear it. Yeah, it just doesn't carry as far, right? No. And this is the first game, to my knowledge, that treated suppressors realistically to where when you have a suppressor on, there's this uh, there's this indicator in your HUD that shows uh, how far out it can be heard. And you can use that strategically to kind of position yourself to where you can take out these Nazis and your target without necessarily being heard. So... You can have this one suppressor that can be heard up to 40 meters. If there's any Nazi within at 40 meters, they they will um, react to the shot. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that added another level of challenge to it that was really fun. Yeah. I think this game probably would have made my list. However, uh, I remember there being quite a few bugs at launch, yes. like game-breaking bugs. Mm-hmm. And so for me... If we were to go back and play this game, you know, this year, um, and the bugs had been resolved, I could very well see it on my game of the year yes. for 2023. And but as of now, I couldn't justify putting it on mine. And just to kind of give you a pitch here why we need to play this game again this year, is I played a little bit of this game on my own. There's a level after the level that we were on to where... It's like a castle fortress, mm-hmm. and it is long shot city. I was making like thousand meter shots and it it is so satisfying like one of the most satisfying parts of these games is just being able to like see your buddy make that shot you know and you're like oh that was so fucking cool yeah it's like yes absolutely love these games that's why sniper elite five is my number nine nice very cool number eight connor my number eight is katawa shoujo okay the reason I put it on here, and it it very well could have gone on any of my Game of the Year list for the past handful of years, because I tend to play it every single year. Um, I'm going to be better going forward, and I'm not, even if I play it this year as well, I'm not going to put it on any future Game of the Year list. But I did want to give it a shot on a pro- you know, proper Game of the Year list. Right. It's one of those games that I can go back to keep playing, still appreciate it, play it, uh, one of the different endings, play it out um, a little bit differently each time. And it has so much replayability that it would be a shame to play it this year and not give it a voice on the list. Right. Uh, we've said a lot about this game. It made our other top game of the year list for our joint played game. Mm-hmm. Um, and we gave it a a long discussion on our previous podcast before, so I'm not going to go too in-depth on it, but it definitely earned it, its place with me, and yeah, it's one of my top games probably of all time, really. Yeah. All right, uh, I'm not. I'm going to keep it short with number eight, because number eight for me was World War Z Aftermath. Really? Yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> I, and again, it's like, I loved this game. I was always so excited uh, whenever we, I got a text saying, y'all want to play some more World War Z, I'm like, hell yes, let's do this. Man, we got to go back and let you finish it then. Yeah. I, I, I don't have Aftermath. Like, I just had the base game because... You after be able to join on though, right? Yeah, exactly. There was just something satisfying about th- literally hundreds of zombies coming at you and just mowing them all down. They Something I, I, wanted, I wanted to mention, or at least I wanted to... I wanted to save this up until I got to got to this where they had the perfect balance of time to kill with the base zombies and the special zombies, something mm-hmm. that back for blood didn't quite nail down. Yeah. And it, it, it scratches that itch of having an automatic weapon or even a mountain machine gun and just mowing them all down and creating like 
a hole in the wall of zombies and or even throwing explosives yeah so, and you know i think we could go back and play that because my wife has been asking to play it more because yes. she really loves that game yes too, it so. is it's such a good game i highly recommend this game to anyone that just wants that wants to scratch that zombie itch I will say with the caveat, it may not be as fun if you're playing it only single player. Yes. But if you have some friends who want to play with you and you love like squad based shooter games, like play with your friends. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, yeah, that's my number eight. Wow, man. Okay, cool. My number seven is Emily is away with the little heart mark. Oh, yeah. I've been meaning to play this game. This... I, I, I bought it and I've been wanting to play it. This is a game that. I gushed about on a previous podcast, and I mentioned earlier in the podcast that I wanted to put games on this that were very unique and mm -hmm. different games, and I think this is definitely that. Like, this game is entirely played out through a simulation of what Facebook in the early, uh, well, pre-2010s looked like. When, and When we were in high school. Yeah. And... It took me back in such a way, and it made me feel like such a, a weird combination of nostalgia, but a little bit of cringe, but a little bit of like yeah. warm feelings and negative feelings. And it was just like a time capsule almost. The sound design of that game is like perfect. Mm -hmm. It is exactly how it was back in 2008, even down to like the computer clicks in the yes. background of, of those old PC towers. Yeah. And they would even. Uh, when you get sent a link yes. to a playlist mm -hmm. and you can just have that playing in the background while you're you're having these conversations through the Facebook messaging system like it was so just a good feeling it was a good feeling and it's one of those games where I do want to go back and play it cuz I think there are multiple endings in it but I just haven't played them yet okay nice all right so mine we're at number 7 right yes uh, Sniper Elite 4. Two Sniper Elite games? Yes, and and I thought about this because Sniper Elite 4 was a game that you and I completed. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I, I rank it higher than Sniper Elite 5 was because we played the Hitler mission. Mm -hmm. Being able to assassinate Hitler. And this was kind of the point of the Sniper Elite series when they started leaning more towards like the Hitman style games with these, with these special missions. Mm -hmm. To where... The first time you and I played the Kill Hitler mission is we just set ourselves up and we just sniped him and yeah. we and we made our escape. I went back to play on my own and looked for unique ways to kill him. One of them was uh, how he has his path was by some torpedoes and you can shoot the locks off the torpedoes and the torpedoes come tumbling down, explode and kill him. <laughs> uh, and since then, there's been uh, unique ways you can kill you can kill him. Uh, I want to say in Sniper Elite Five, there's like a like a single lane bowling alley that he can bowl, and you can set up a mine <laughs> behind the pin. So when when so when he bowls, it explodes, and a pin comes flying towards him, impales his skull, and he dies. Oh my god! And it's just so much fun and so unique. And I think Sniper Elite Four was the game that really kind of solidified my love for the series. Okay. And I have a lot of really good memories of us being in a really precarious position. And then through your sniping or mine, we kind of kind of turn it around. Yeah. So it it almost made my list, too, if that helps. Like it, <laughs> yeah. I, I molded over and it almost hopped in there and the bottom handful. But there was just a few that squeaked it out. OK, yeah. no, it's fine. Like, oh, yeah, but that's I'm going to keep it short. That was my number seven. Nice, dude. Well, now we're on number six, and for me, that was Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. Okay. Um, this game I tossed around for a while, and while I think it's probably one of my least favorite Pokemon games, even one of my least favorite Pokemon games, I still, like, it's hard for me to put them down. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fun to play. Uh, where I think this game kind of suffered was, I think, the variety of pokemon in this region was really poor you got a lot of the same ones constantly over and over and i think the final boss with cynthia was just a pain in the ass um and not particularly a fun fight to do um but 
in all honesty, a lot of the complaints that were given about this game was people hated the art style, but I could not disagree more. I think I would like to see more games in this art style because it looked like a modern take on the little chibi characters of the mm -hmm. early Pokemon games, which I wish we had more of that. I, I think it's a very charming art style, the little chibi characters, and I think the game itself was really like fun to be in that world. It, it just it felt like a good remaster of a game. I just wish they had maybe added a little bit more variety to the Pokemon in the different areas mm -hmm. so you didn't see a lot of the same things. I wish they had added maybe a few new features since this was a remake of an existing game. And I, while I don't see myself going back to play this one, I'm glad that I did play it. Nice. Very nice. Okay. My number six, right? Mm-hmm. Boomerang Foo. Okay, yeah. Uh, this is a party game, for those who are not aware, where you play as little food items, and you throw boomerangs at each other and try to kill kill them. It's a lot of fun. It is such a fun party game. This is This is a game that you and I have played with our wives multiple times, and this game just does not get old. Mm-mm. Uh, especially on the Switch, that where up to six players can play, whereas on other consoles is only four. That's my one complaint. I think yeah, about it. I don't like, get why. That. Why did they cap it like that? I don't get it. But these games get so intense, and there are so many types of boomerangs and powers, and or I'm sorry. Uh, like abilities that you can get that last through entire rounds. Yeah. You can play really, really dirty if you want, and it's still fun. And the abilities stack. Yeah. They do. That's the they, best part. <laughs> up, up to three. Yeah. Uh, any more than, than I want to say, like the first one that you pick up gets swapped out with the next one. Like you can do some crazy combos, like the, the boomerangs that you can telekinetically control. Mm -hmm. And then the ones where you shoot multiple boomerangs. So controlling multiple boomerangs, you're like unstoppable for a little or, bit there. Or a multi-boomerang with explosive boomerangs. You can Or fire or yeah. Yeah, you, you can you can completely level the playing field. And watching how the characters react to being sliced by a boomerang is like <laughs> kind of morbidly adorable. Like the I play as the Boba character a lot. Of course. And if you get sliced in half, you fall over and you spill your little Boba bubbles yeah, out of the ground. great. It's so sad. But but I highly recommend this game. Even for, for people who don't really play games, it's very easy to pick up. Uh, even my wife, who doesn't play a lot of video games, absolutely loves this game. Yeah. She loves them. Yeah. So that's my number six. Okay. My number five, I'm, again, not going to go into much detail on it because it's been covered multiple times on previous podcasts. Okay. Dust and Elysian Tale. Nice. I really resonated with that one. I enjoyed the combat so much in that game. And it was one of those games that I found really hard to put down. Like, I kept wanting to keep progressing the game, unlocking new abilities, um, chaining combos was just so much fun. Mm -hmm. And just Playing in that world was just a, a lot of, you know, a lot of fun. It would just, I don't know. I can gush about it as much as I want, but in in the end, we talked about it. It made our game of the year for the joint played, and it we talked about a lot of the things we liked about it on the podcast surrounding it. So, you know, I, I can't say a lot more, you know? My number five, Halo Reach. Welcome to Halo Reach. Yes, as some of you may know who follow our show earlier this year i went on a massive massive uh, halo kick where i downloaded the master chief collection on my on my pc and i played through the first game the second game third game uh halo reach uh, uh odst and i didn't quite get through four uh and i don't have access to five unfortunately mm. but Playing through like the main three games, I really enjoyed. But something about Halo Reach, uh, something changed with me with Halo Reach to where when I was younger, I, I was kind of if iffy about Halo Reach because I thought, okay, this is just this is just a cash grab at this point. Like Halo's done. This this is gonna be dumb. And 
Halo Reach had a lot of things in it that I didn't really, I wasn't a big fan of at the time. Like, I didn't like how they took out the BR, they took out a lot of weapons, they took out um, dual wielding. It just didn't really quite hit me as uh, the way Halo 3 did. But coming back to it as an adult, I was like, this game plays so much better than Halo 3. Even though I still love Halo 3, uh, the the way the enemies react to your shots is so much better. The AI is so much better. There's 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 still so much passion put into this game, almost as much passion as Halo 3. Mm-hmm. And I just had a blast playing this game again. Oh, yeah. I think that one and ODST were like the two Halo games that really like reinvigorated my passion mm-hmm. for the series. And I 100% agree with you. I think that game kind of peaked at that point. And maybe it was just my age, right? But I think a lot of the sh- beloved shooters of the time kind of peaked around that time. Yes. Like, I really enjoyed the Call of Duties that were around that time. I really enjoyed the Battlefields that came out around that Battlefield time. Battlefield Bad Company 2 is still my favorite Battlefield. Battlefield 3 I loved a lot, yes. too. And that was around that time, too. You know? And the, uh, what was the Call of Duty that was around that time? Was it Black Ops? Black One? Ops or Black Ops 2, one of those. Yeah, and I really enjoyed that game, you know? So it's like, that was like the peak era for shooting for me. Mm-hmm. And so I think, yeah, that's a good that's a good choice. Such I didn't play it game. this year, so I can't put it on yes. mine, but I do But we did that play one. Halo 2 multiplayer custom games this year. I, did, I do love me some Halo 2. I really want to go actually and just play through the Master Chief collection. If I didn't have to buy all the individual games. Yes, that that's something that, that frustrated us where we tried to play... Was a Halo Two campaign that we tried to co-op? Maybe one of them. Yeah, that was just so dumb. I had to pay for ODST separate, and I have to pay for Reach separate, which is some bullshit. Cause yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> that's my number five. All right. Well, my number four is Katana Zero. Okay. Again, a game we gushed about a ton, but it's it's a not only a unique game which would qualify it from my list for sure but it was a game that i really kept playing i could not put this game down and even though i died a bajillion times i just kept wanting to go and go and go which is you know i said this on a previous cast but it's something that i cannot say about a lot of games i was about to mention that it's like there's not a lot of games out there where if I die repeatedly, I want to keep getting back up and going. Like, a lot of games, I'll just get burnt out if I constantly die and constantly fail. Yes, because one game in, sp- in particular that that comes up in my memory, you mentioned about fighting a boss in the first Horizon game, mm-hmm. where you just spent, I don't know how long, but you just got burned out with that game, and you put it down, and you haven't picked it up since. Yeah, yeah. There's games out there that that have this ability to be challenging but so engaging and not too punishing to the point where you just you're done with it it's mm-hmm. it's far too challenging um and you just don't want to play it or challenging and boring that's another sin that a lot of games have yeah the game can be tough but if it's not also fun then what's the point of keeping mm-hmm. playing it you know mm-hmm. so yeah Katana right. Zero, great game. Nice. Uh, my number four. Uh, no, number five. I think I got these numbers. Work. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I have 11. You son of a... I miscounted. I am very sorry. Oh, well. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, just skip one that I enjoyed more than the other. Uh, so my number four would be Super Liminal. Okay. Good game. Yes, and again, a, a, another game that we uh, talked about on the show, but I think about this game probably at least once once every few weeks. Yeah. I Every time I, I look at my shelf, I look at that game, like, I want to play that game again. That's it was one. so unique and just blew my mind, gave me the same, like, mind-blown feeling that Portal did, and... It's by far one of the best games I've played, and it's a game that I recommend to anyone that's looking for a unique experience. Oh, yeah. It's a wonderful puzzle game mm-hmm. that deals with perspective in a unique way. I think the only complaint I had about that game was that it 
and the very start, it was a little bit hard for me to figure out what was going on. Yeah. But I think once you get past that, it's just, you know, you just want to keep playing it. It's it's such an intuitive puzzle game. And this is something that a lot of puzzle games, I, I don't want to say a lot of puzzle games miss the mark, but puzzle games need to have intuitive puzzles, meaning that you need to look at a puzzle and kind of be able to piece together the solution and there's there's some puzzle games that i've played that doesn't that doesn't quite do that mm-hmm. and the amount of testing that superliminal had to do to in order to convey what the solution is in just a few tries mm-hmm. is very difficult to do or at least it has to be very difficult to do yeah and I have to imagine the developers going through five, six, seven renditions of these puzzles in order to get it down right. Yeah. And it's such a smooth experience. Uh, I had no issues playing this game on Switch. And it's a short game. It's probably like a maybe four-hour game at the most. Mm-hmm. Very easy. Goes down easy. Best One of the best games I've played this year, if not all, of all time. That's my number four. Yeah, made our joint list for a reason, too. Yes. Okay, Connor, what's your number three? Oh, now we're in our top three. Yes. These are the ones that we truly loved the most. Yes. Um, It's it's uh the second Pokemon game, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Okay, nice. And here's the fun thing about this game. So when I first started playing this game, when it first launched, I picked it up and just couldn't get into it. And I ended up putting it down and then not touching it for most of the entire year. And then I came back and I started playing it again. The thing that I appreciate about this game is it really changes the Pokemon formula. While I don't think it scratches the itch that I'm normally looking for in a Pokemon game, it kind of scratched a different kind of itch. You know, it mm-hmm. it is a it's the first Pokemon game I would say that is a not only a pseudo open world but also is very mission based. So you have a list of tasks that you can do that you track across different maps mm-hmm. and you go to complete these tasks. Also the way you fill out your Pokemon your Pokédex is a little bit different and arguably I didn't like that as much, but I still kept wanting to play this game because the setting is kind of very like ancient Japan-esque, you know, the Hisuian variants of the Pokemon I thought were very interesting, and I'm curious to see how they handle them going forward with future games. Um, Plus the concept of you, your character being this time traveler from the future who got dropped through a portal into the past, you're basically isekai'd into this game, um, was a very different take on the Pokemon game series. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a nice mix-up, and I hope that they maybe make additional Pokemon Legends games. I wouldn't want to see the main series turn to this, but I do think it's a good change of pace. Like, like little fun spinoffs. Maybe do one like a bit further into the future, but not quite. A or- lot of their spinoffs seem to be either a one-and-done or they only make a couple of them. I, I hope that they could continue this one forward Mm -hmm. with um kind of so legend arceus was a sort of a spin-off of the Sinnoh region essentially it was a Sinnoh region of the past it's the hisui region i would like them to do that with maybe like the kanto region or the johto region or the hoenn or literally any of them take them into the past introduce some like older variants of the Pokemon that didn't exist in the current games mm-hmm. and tell this kind of ancient story. I think it's kind of cool. Nice. Yeah. All right, my number three, I'm kind of cheating on this because, I, because again, I haven't beaten this game, but I just had so much fun playing it, is Trigger Witch. Okay. Uh, just w- when you pitched me this game, uh, it's witches, but they forgot their magic, so they start using guns. Mm-hmm. And then you pitch it as a top-down twin-stick shooter i'm in yeah (laughs) and this game is so good i i love the puzzles i love the 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 massive amounts of gore Mm -hmm. in this game to where and i the mechanics to where you don't you have unlimited ammo with these weapons is just 
is just the more powerful weapons you have, the longer it takes to reload. You can upgrade that to make them shorter. The pace just keeps going. It does not slow down. Mm-hmm. And it's perfectly balanced, and I love the art of this game. It's mm, such a good game. It almost made my list as well. Yeah. A lot of the ones that are on yours also nearly made mine, so that's, you know. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I I I can't say much right now be just because I haven't beaten the game. I really want to hear your thoughts yes. after you beat I, it. I, I, ne- I need to, to beat the game. I'm just too distracted by other games. <laughs> Story of our it's, life. It's, it's one of those games where I just need to to buckle down and uh, play a little bit before I go to bed in bed. But that comes the problem, too, because there's some mangas I want to read, too. Yeah. Story of my life. Mm-hmm. All right, Connor, what's your number three? Number two, you mean? Oh, yes, I'm sorry, number two. My number two, and I'm sure you expected this to be up there, Ghostwire Tokyo. Okay, I, w- I was I was expecting it to be either number two or number one. Uh-huh. But I think I know what number one is. Yeah. Um. So, Ghostwire Tokyo, again, a game we've talked about many times because it's you know it made our other list as well but it's one of those games where the setting and the way that you interact with the enemies in this game was just so unique and different and it was one of those games where i kept wanting to do side missions which i told you before is a very unique thing for me Mm -hmm. because i normally if the side missions are poo poo garbo i don't really care to do them i just want to play the story and get on with it i'm just one of those people i don't care about these side missions when they're just kind of dumb whatevers but these stories that went with the side missions were very interesting to me and every time i encountered one i really really wanted to continue playing it and it had i had more time when we were playing through it Mm -hmm. i would have loved to just jumped into all the different side missions play them all before finishing the game and I think this is a game that I could see myself going back in the future and doing one of those playthroughs where I try yes. to play all the side stuff. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, my number two is actually God of War Ragnarok. Okay. And as I mentioned earlier, the story is is really well done. The voice acting is well done. It really does deserve all the awards it got for the for the game awards. Is such a good game. Good game the music is good the combat is is almost dark souls light hmm. uh to where you do need to time your your attacks and dodges and understand uh, and um recognize enemy patterns in order to do well and there's also quasi builds you can do where you can have certain abilities gain more damage based on certain stats that you have Hmm. so like oh you can do more burning damage based on kratos's luck and you can kind of have armor that increases your luck a little little bit so there's this kind of cool like cycle you can get with it and i thought the all the puzzles were super intuitive um combat was tight and responsive voice acting as i mentioned was incredible story is is really good there's twists and turns in it and it can gets really emotional mm-hmm. and just overall very good experience game that you can clearly tell that they uh, these are one of the few game like triple a games where they literally poured their heart and soul into i think i definitely want to play it after i beat the first of mm-hmm. the newer god of wars yeah definitely a recommendation nice okay connor what is your number one. What is the best game that you've played in 2022? And I think I can guess. Oh, I hope you would at this point. It's probably Pokemon Scarlet or Violet. How dare you take it from me? <laughs> yes. yes. It's Pokemon Scarlet. Uh, there are three Pokemon games on my game of the year list. Uh, probably won't happen again. I doubt I'll play three Pokemon games in one year again. But here it is. Um Despite all of its warts, and I know the media gave it a lot of shit about its performance issues occasionally and its glitches and stuff, but for me, the choppy frame rate and some of the cruddy textures that happen occasionally, I could see past all of it because it was the first Pokemon game in a long time that 
I really liked the new Pokemon that they introduced. It was hard building out a team because there were so many that I could see putting on my team. And and that's not even including bringing back some of my favorites mm-hmm. as well. Like, I, if you told me, build a team of 20, I'd still have a hard time paring it down to that many, right? So it was a great uh, new addition to the series. Uh, the open world way you can play it is great the ability to bring in uh friends and play with them in a group the union group is is just so fun and the additional raids that they keep introducing these timed event raids um there there's something that's going to keep me coming back to the game because some of the only ways to get some of these pokemon are through these raids these timed raids so incentivizes you to come back and keep playing the game as it goes and i really hope that they add additional uh expansions to this game that maybe introduce more pokemon that aren't already on the roster for this one and yeah i could see myself definitely continuing to play this through 2023 very nice Okay, Connor. Well, I guess what your number one is. So I think it's only fair that you guess what my number one is. I think it's pretty obvious. Is it obvious? Yeah, I think so, at least. I don't know. What is it? Just guess. I don't have a guess. I don't know. It's Elden Ring. Huh. Okay. Okay. Yes. I knew you liked that game. And I guess I would have been surprised to not see it somewhere on your list. Yes. I'm surprised you put it number one, though. It is. Come on. Uh... As I said, I I am a big fan of the Soul series. I'm not good at them, but I love these games. I love how every corner of the map has a unique aesthetic and unique enemies. And I, and this is by far some of the like the tightest gameplay that the Soul series has. The open world aspect is a wonderful addition, and I love how in the beginning they kind of throw your expectations on its head where the first main boss that you fight, if you were just to go the main path, kicks your fucking ass. Like, mm. unless unless you really nail down his attack patterns and you're patient, he will decimate you. And that encouraged you to go off in a direction to explore and discover things and get more powerful. And I, I love exploring this world. I, I got the same vibe uh, exploring this world as like some of the Fallout games, you know, where you discover this 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 one place and there's unique enemies and unique items and you get more powerful hmm. that way. And this game has some of the the widest kind of builds that you can have than any other Souls game that I've played. If you were to get on the Fextra Life, uh, like that, the wiki... Mm-hmm. There's dozens of builds you can do and exactly how you can do it and exactly how you play and how how to play them. Nice. Like if you want to be a mage that rains down meteors down on your enemies, you can do that. <laughs> if you want to um be a a dual wield katana uh person where one katana does poison damage, the other katana does bleed damage, you can do that. There is a playstyle for for anyone. And there are so many like, cool bosses and lore and just mm. like the, this is one of those games where um especially if I'm playing with my brother-in-law to where I can play for hours nice dude. it's is by far one of the best games I've played you see that somebody made a pokemon scarlet and violet mod for it no i didn't <laughs> yeah you can play as your uh, main character, and then I think some of the monsters in it are Pokemon. That's really cool. <laughs> and I'm I'm also really excited for any kind of expansions that they that they're planning. There's really no like full on expansions that that they're planning, but they did add like a, a dedicated PvP mode. Um, there's these coliseums that are that are out in the world, and they patched in something to where you can enter these coliseums and enter like like three versus three like kind of melee style games where you can where you can take your build in and fight other people with the build that you have hmm. and it's it's very unique of course th- there are those people out there that that optimize uh their build for uh pvp and you just get utterly 
gang raped by him. <laughs> Jeez. Um, but it's just I love it. Such a good game, and I haven't played it in a while just because even though I love the Souls series, every once in a while you just gonna kind of step away from them and just play something else. It's kind of a change of pace. But I'm always down to start a new character or continue playing these games, and yeah. Elden Ring, my number one game I've played this year. Hell yeah, man. But, yeah, man, 2022 was such a good year for games. Yeah, and I think going forward, we set a good pace last year. We played a lot more games last year than I think either of us did in previous Mm -hmm. years. And I kind of want to keep that pace going. So, you know, I want to start this year out strong and finish Bladed Fury, and then start hopping into more and more games. And I think our format that we're going to be doing will allow us to play a lot more of these games. Yes. Uh, as as we uh, mentioned in the quick update, uh, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about it again in like an official episode. But Connor and I are kind of switching up the, the format just a little bit. There's still going to be at least two games that we're going to talk about per episode where like I'm going to choose a game and Connor's going to choose a game. The difference is because a lot of a lot of these games are coming out of our own pockets when we buy them because we don't make any money on this show. We do this in our spare time. Things are getting more expensive and it was just very hard to try to find a game that we both own and we want to be able to explore more kind more games. And so Connor and I kind of made a decision to do a hybrid of our the format that we did this year and the format that we started with. Mm-hmm. Again, I choose a game and Connor chooses a game and we just come together and we kind of I spend 10 15 minutes talking about the game I played and Connor spends about 10 15 minutes playing playing his game. Mhm. The games are still going to be within the the 0 to 15 hour range. So that's kind of the gist of it. Do you have anything to add, Connor? Well, I think uh, one thing that I considered for this is, let's say uh, one of us plays a game that's, I don't know, two hours or something and we have a lot more time so we managed to squeak in another game and beat another game Mm -hmm. i think it could be possible where i could come in with theoretically two games on one week you come in with one or vice versa you know you come in with a couple two three games that you beat and then i beat one and i think that's perfectly fine uh it's just kind of what we're able to accomplish between podcast and what short games that we want to talk about you know yeah also with this with this hybrid format it doesn't keep us from playing the same game every once in a while to where if connor announces a game that he's gonna talk about in the following episode and i still happen to have that game that that seemed interesting to me well it'll be somewhat of what the old format would be yeah so we're kind of hoping that one it'll it'll save more money for us especially for me that's in the search for a house right now and Connor, you know how expensive that is. Yeah. And makes me want to cry. Yeah. And it'll help us get through our backlogs as well. Absolutely. Because there, there are so many games that uh, I want to play, but we haven't quite gotten around to. Like, I've been wanting to talk about Bio- Biomutant since the PS5 upgrade mm-hmm. that we just haven't quite gotten around to. Yeah. Uh, and stuff like that. I so. think it's, uh, it's going to be a fun way to do this. Mm-hmm. Do you want to... Uh, give an idea of what games we're going to be playing to talk about on the next one? Yes. Uh, so next week, I'm going to be talking about a game called Nobody Saves the World. It is a top-down RPG that kind of has a similar mechanic to what Helmut was, to where you have these different forms that you could swap to, only the game doesn't suck. <laughs> nice. So, but I, I've already started... a little bit of it just so i can get ahead of it because it's about a 14 hour game okay so that makes sense. Ju- literally just under our our cutoff okay i uh i'm gonna be playing well continue playing bladed fury um and additionally i think i'm going to play iris fall 
Okay. Because these games were part of a two-pack that I bought. And so each game, I think, was one was four hours, one was three hours. So I'm going to try to knock out both for this one. Nice. Okay, cool. And that'll just about do it for us, guys. It's so great to be back. It's kind of weird to be back a little bit. Like, my podcast engine is still kind of warming up a little bit. It's after it being shut off for such a long time. Yeah, you haven't driven the car in a while. I know. (laughs) And it's almost as if I forgot how to podcast. Or maybe I never knew how to podcast. Well, you know. Anyway, uh, that aside... Like and subscribe if you like the show, or if you don't like the show, tell your friends. Maybe they'll like it. And we also have some merch, which is down in the description. That'll pretty much do it for us, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.